0: Shri Guri Guru Paramparā ki jai Srimad Svimādh Bhāgavad-gītta ki jāi, Gaur Bhaktavrinda ki jāi, Gaur Premanande, Gauri Gauri Bhū. Welcome, Maharaj. Nice to have you here. And Good evening to everyone. Nice to be with you again. And, as it may be the case for some of you for the first time also, this is a well-read book, it would appear.
1: It's very
0: much marked up.
1: It was my book, proper. It was your book. Yes, was book. <laughs> oh, boy,
0: that makes the story. I tell that story many times. I'll tell it again briefly. We were in Los Angeles in Dwarka and Prabhupada's assistant uh, forgot to bring the Bhagavatam for the class. He would come every morning and greet the deities and chant of Jairatamada and give the Bhagavatam class. So, so then, as it turns out, Karnamrita was in the audience, and, uh, and he offered his. Edition, which he had brought to the class. Imagine how he must have felt that Prabhupada's going to, you know, give class for my addition. So he handed it to Prabhupada, and Prabhupada opened to the page, and there was this highlighter, you know, like in red, and Prabhupada said, well, he has crossed this out, (laughs) and this, and this, this, is now. (laughs) Right? Oh, you were in Hawaii? Okay. In oh, okay. That's happened in, the, I happened in the, I saw it, I saw it I experienced it in Los Angeles.
1: Because he asked where I was, because I had written my name on the cover, he said, where is he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say, here I am, the one that doesn't want to follow the rules. Because he thought he crossed
0: out. Yeah. he uh-huh. does not want to follow the rules. Yeah, well, in Los Angeles he said something similar, and then they tried to explain to him, and so forth, and then he went forward. My further purport is, of course, that we will, eventually the book will be all read when you, you know, go through certain verses and sections are important at different stages, and ultimately the whole thing is important in the progress of our spiritual sojourn. So, anyway, good to be with you, and we're going to read from Bhagavad Gita tonight. I've been uh, discussing the Twelfth chapter of the Gita in recent days, since um, having arrived here in North Carolina, and we are up to verse five in, in the twelfth chapter. I will give a little bit of a review, and for those of you who are following the recorded tapes and so forth, then there'll be some repetition. Hopefully, it will be useful and uh, emphasis. That way of repetition often can be. So this is the chapter entitled Bhakti Yoga. As you know, each chapter of the Gita is a, is a yoga of sorts. It is veritably a means, each chapter, of making a union with, um, with the Absolute. And this twelfth chapter is the last of the middle six chapters. As you know, there are eighteen chapters to the Gita. And the middle six chapters center very much on the theology. The first, or to use a Upanishadic aphorism that many of you may be familiar with, "tat tvam asi, tat tvam asi." There is a twam and there is a tat in this. The twam is you or us, and tat is him. Hmm? So it it says you are his so the middle six chapters are about him and the first six chapters are about us and we kinda need to know something about us in order to understand him because we're not what we appear to be we're different than this uh, bundle of thoughts uh, emotions sensual perceptions that that uh, uh, cause a picture of the world in our minds that we then move in in relation to, and never even touch the world. Hmm. Hmm. There's no real hard bodies out there, hmm. as uh, we've learned from physics. Hmm. It's mostly just space, but there's a perception of forms and whatnot that Comes in the mind. Just gives just gives an example of how the self never even touches the world. So our attempts for acquisition are no wonder um, dissatisfying. We never really get anything. We never even touch the world. We we have a mediated experience of the world through the mind. Hmm? Feelings, um, qualitative feelings, qualia appear in in, in, in the mind. And they are kind of a semblances of of what what the world's like, as I say, mediated by the mind. and there we are witnessing the whole affair and making it happen in a sense hmm? uh, such as the power of observation. So there's a self, obviously, as we know, that is generated by this perception that is not an enduring self. It's a very illusory sense of self based, as I say, as it is on mind and sense perception that makes determinations, that together make determinations of good and bad and happy and sad, and this is mine, and this is not mine. And and as I often say, our my defines our I, and nothing is really ours, so the I that comes out of that sense of my is a false I, and, and so it's problematic to try to protect that, to try to uh, um, make an enduring life out of that, a secure life, uh, out of that sense of I. Um, William James, a philosopher of times gone by, um, made a distinguishing, uh, a distinguishing uh, distinguish between what he would call a me and an I. So in this context, in the context of his description, the me is the small conventional self that I'm just talking about, but there's a, all, there's, a there's an overarching I, hmm? an, an identity, consciousness itself, consciousness proper. And as I say, it never touches the world. Hmm? So no wonder it, in pursuing acquisition of, of things that aren't even there, in a sense, it's not that the world isn't there, but it's not what it appears to be, Um, No wonder we feel um, like we're running on empty, or we get filled up to but quickly starts to deflate again, and we have to refuel.
1: Hmm?
0: Um, So, anyway, in the first six chapters, this I, then, this superior I, this experiencing reality, unit of experiencing capacity, matter doesn't experience things it's experienced by us so that I have, is called atma and the first six chapters are about that that's that's you Twam, or uh, or us hmm? or the I so when we come into the middle six chapters the subject is about him hmm? you are his two things without him you can see There's no bhakti. Hmm?
1: Hmm?
0: You're on your own. Hmm? And when you're on your own, as we were speaking the other night, the capacity for ananda, for joy, for love, is very limited.
1: Hmm?
0: You can love yourself, but if you have somebody else to love, then (laughs) your capacity to love increases, I don't want to say exponentially, but unlimitedly, practically, in comparison. Because love is really, as I like to think of it, uh, a measured on a scale in which we experience reciprocation, reciprocal dealings, kind of a knowing between you and I, a a, a union, an agreement. Hmm? Um, so if there's no other, if you will... To become one with in love in a dynamic sense, our capacity for Ananda is limited. And without the other, there is no bhakti. Hmm? Therefore, there's no bhakti in the jiva. Hmm? There's a capacity for bhakti, which we don't find in the Maya Shakti. We find it in the Jiva Shakti. So if Bhakti Devi shares herself with the Jiva, the Jiva can develop into uh, into the full possibility of, of Ananda. Hmm. We spoke the other night how of how the, the Atma is the object of love in this world.
1: Hmm.
0: This is a point raised in the Brahmavi Mohan Lila of the Srimad Bhagavatam. It makes the point that the Atma is the object of love and the reason it's the object of love is because it's the part, if you will, and parcel in this context it's the amsa, hmm? the vibinamsa, hmm? a separated amsa of the of the of the paramatma, hmm? and hmm, sometimes it's described as a shakti. Sometimes it's described as a, as a as an amsa. There are different ways to look at it. Therefore, it's 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 a Purusha and it's a prakriti at the same time. Hmm? It's a Aparā. It's a Parapakriti and a para something like that. Hmm? Different ways of talking about the Atma, the Self. Um, so, um, at any rate, it, it, the, the this 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 um, hmm, Atma has the capacity to be to be blessed and and experience the full measure of its capacity for Ananda, hmm? for joy, for love in relation to a significant consciousness other who is uh, Bhagwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you can only love yourself so much. The uh, And that's a subject here in this twelfth chapter. And there's a comparison being made uh, at the beginning of the chapter between uh, the self-happiness mm-hmm, that... Uh, in a sense, and, and the happiness of bhakti, which we call bhakti rasa, mm. mm. Huge difference. As I said in the Bhagavatam, the idea is given that the self is lovable because the self is an Amsa of Bhagwan, who's the complete and perfect object of love. The self is an object of love mm. in this world, mm-hmm. means that what? That we love really ourself and not things. We only love the things that we invest ourselves in. Hmm? To whatever extent we invest ourselves in a thing by identifying with it, we love it. Otherwise, if it's not ours, we don't like it, we don't identify with it, uh, we have no love for it. Hmm? So it's ourselves that we love. This is the idea. Hmm? In the Brahma Mohan Leela, you know that at the, the end of that Leela, Krishna started to reveal, in stages, to Baladev, Balaram, his older brother, the mystic uh, play that he had orchestrated, in order to teach Brahma something uh, uh, very important. Really, to teach Brahma what Brahma said long ago that he wanted to, he wanted to experience. He wanted to experience Krishna as a friend. He told Krishna this in it in the chatur Shloki of the Bhagavatam,
1: mm-hmm.
0: four essential verses of the Bhagavatam, in the conversation that, s- surrounding those four verses, Brahma asked, yeah, yeah. I want to know you, I want to love you, in, in Sakyarasa. And uh, so Krishna's standing there in the Gyan Mudra at that time, just giving him a blessing and giving him a mantra and so forth. Mm-hmm and then this in this brahma Vimohan Lila. which is the leela where brahma was bewildered and he came to steal the cows and the calves to see who, who this krishna was. It was the same krishna but he was not in the in the brahma in the in the in a Gyan in in mudra of giving a blessing and uh, uh, uh he uh, but rather he was uh eating yogurt and fruit in in, in his left hand and, and putting it in the mouth of other friends and then Taking and taking food from their mouths and tasting it, and this is very unbecoming and and uh, very un, not very sattvic and not very according to the vidhi, Brahma's name, another name for Brahma's vidhi rules, and uh, and so forth. So he, he looks like, like looks like my Guru Krishna, but must be an imposter. Hmm? something like. And the gods have been bewildered by this imposter, and they're praising him. And so he came in on his swan carrier to straightened things out and attempted to steal the calves and the cowherd boys and so forth. Hmm? And what was really happening, of course, was Krishna was giving him the opportunity to experience to see what is this Sakuras you say you want. Say you want it. Take a good look. This is what it's like. Hmm? It's very extraordinary. Hmm? And with his foreheads he examined that. <laughs> and 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 he saw the aishwarya of Bhagawan behind it and so forth and and he was quite amazed so uh baladev of course wasn't on that uh picnic that day he had to stay at home hmm, because a distant relative was visiting hmm, and was such uh, he felt so trapped by a visiting elder um who was sitting like a like a couch potato there in a, in the house and had to, he had to go through the formalities of of um, being respectful and so forth and meanwhile Krishna had this idea in his mind is, imagine all the things he was thinking about I've got to show Brahma my sakya and, and by the way that Kaliya's lake over there we're not allowed to go to but I'd like to go my mother won't let me go is always keeping me uh, from going because Mother Yashoda has asked him to protect me as my older uh, brother and so forth. Now I know he's got a relative there. Usually he comes in the morning, and blows his buffalo horn, and all the cowherds come from everywhere, from all their homes, and assemble in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj, and start stomping their feet. And and uh, you know some of them go up and intimates and wake up Krishna. And it's time to go milk the cows and so forth. So Krishna himself didn't wait for Balaram to come or any of the boys to wake him. He went out and blew his, his buffalo horn and Baladev heard it and said, oh, he's up to something and I'm missing out today. This is really a great loss for me. Hmm? But he sent him a note and said, go for it, you know. <laughs> now they win and there was a special picnic lunch and so on and so forth. So, as I say, Brahma Krishna was revealing this to uh, Baladev, uh gradually. This it took his pastime of... The bewildering Brahma took the course of a whole year. Hmm? Um, Krishna was afraid to reveal the whole thing to him immediately because he'd be afraid that Balaram could not tolerate the absence of his friends. Balaram is the is the is the the deity of of Sakirasa, so. Uh, Loss of his friends and would be too traumatic. So, of course, Krishna manifests as the friends and as the calves, and gradually he revealed this in stages. Hmm. So Baladev saw. Hmm, what did he see? The last beginning of that revelation, or I think maybe the end of it. Excuse me, was when the the cowherds saw their calves, their their cows. Hmm, giving up their calves who had just been born and running to meet the yearlings who had already been weaned who were actually manifestations of krishna and they tried to stop them but when they got to the bottom of the hill all their sons were there and as the cows were enamored by the yearlings the the elders became enamored by their sons in such a way that they, they, they just lost it and they couldn't do the, the tasks, perform the tasks at hand. <laughs> so Valadev said, Something's going on here. This is very extraordinary. Mm. This must be my lord. This is where Valadev exhibits Dasya Rasa. He has fraternal love that's mixed with Dasya and and Rasa. Therefore, of course, he presides over these three, these samanarupa-bhakti, hmm? these three relationships in, in the Brajlila, vatsalya, sakya, and dasya. Hmm? There he offers respects to Krishna as his, as his uh, superior, and he exhibits the dasya rasa and so forth. So, the idea here, explained by sukadeva of course, is that these parents and these cows love their... Children and their calves more than themselves, more than their their children, who they would like because they're identified with them and so forth. Because Krishna is the soul of all souls, and just as the soul, the self, the Atma is the object of love. The reason that it is the object of love is because it is a part and parcel of the supreme and perfect object of love. Something like that. So it's it's. Uh, so, anyway, there is some ananda in the self. It's an object of love. But the love of the self, if you will, and I'm saying uh, not in a selfish sense, because love of the self that we're talking about here requires giving up all kinds of selfishness to attain it. Hmm? Um, love of the atma. It's, it's it's powerful experience that enables us to turn our back on the world of false happiness and attachment and so forth, and all well, that which is a semblance or shadow of love. But it's, from the Vaishnava perspective and the Bhakti perspective, a very limited thing. And in the example, or the w- way of speaking about it, I think it illustrates that best is, well, how much can you love yourself? And how much could you love if you had another hmm, to to love? Hmm? And Bhakti Rasa requires these two. So if in order for us to taste Bhakti, Bhagawan and his Bhakti, has to come into our life. It's a grace, it's a blessing. So this chapter is about that bhakti, and very it, and it, said it wants to make a, a stark uh, contrast between love of the self and the fullest reach of love of the self. Hmm? The fullest reach of love of the self is loving the self, the atma, through a discipline, which is described in this chapter, that results in identifying with Brahman. This is an aspect, a manifestation of the Absolute that when described as it is here, we find it's very similar to the Atma that's described in the first six chapters, like the second chapter, for example. The Atma, the Self, is described by by many negative um, adjectives as if to say, that self, that atma, is not this, it's not that. This is the neti neti section of the Bhagavad Gita. Neti neti is another uh, aphorism of the Vedanta. Not this, not that, not this, not that. Hmm? Such is the nature of Brahman, and such is the nature of the self. It's not this, it's not that. That doesn't make it something less. That makes it something more. When it says, it's not this, it's not that, what the scriptures are saying is, it's not like anything in this world. We see all kinds of forms and shapes and and things that we could compare other things to and that way define them hmm, and get some apprehension of them hmm, like if you open the Webster's Dictionary and you want to define a word, there are comparisons and so forth. and Largely we define by, by comparison. But the point is, there's nothing in this world, the objective world, to compare the Atma to. Hmm? So when we say it's not this and not that, it's not less, it's more. It's more than everything in the world. Nothing in the world compares to it. This is the point. Nothing in the objective world, the world of matter hmm? and things that have forms and shapes and so that that are determinate, hmm? so we can talk about them, they're determinate, they have qualities, they have shapes, they have limitations and so forth. hmm? Something that has no shape, no form, no qualities, there's not much you can say about it. (laughs) It's hard to think about.
1: hmm? Uh, uh,
0: Um, but again this doesn't make it less than those things it makes it more it makes it beyond words beyond comparison or incomparable hmm? beyond thought and we know our words are limited even to describe our illusory feelings and try to do justice to them hmm? and our thoughts are limited also
1: Hmm?
0: Even to you know to to think about the, the, our illusory experience of, of the world, hmm? what to speak about consciousness, which is making the whole thing go round, so to speak, as the Gita says. Hmm? So um, the Atma and love of the self, swasukha. Swasukha means hmm, Sukadev. There's a different Sukadev had Swasukha hmm? self love mm-hmm. Atmarama Atmaramas niya Niagranta Api urukrame hmm? Kurbanti Hoitakim bhaktim Itam This is a very central verse of the Bhagavat. Hmm? Appears in the seventh chapter of the first canta where the where the experience of Vyasadev. That gave rise to the Bhagavatam as being described. Hmm? And the question comes why did Sukadev, who was full of his own happiness, the happiness of the self, he was completely identified with the Ananda, the joy of the self, hmm? not things? Hmm? Therefore, how is he characterized? What was he wearing, Jyoti? Sukadev, what did he wear? Nothing. Hmm? This means he had no attachment to the world, hmm? Hmm. and therefore, he, but but he wasn't unhappy. <laughs> he it means he didn't need anything from the world, so he had a, he had something more. Hmm? Everyone is trying to acquire and be more as a result of that. And, and when he walked into the assembly, everybody knew he's got more. Hmm? He's got more. He's got nothing. And he doesn't want anything. He doesn't want anything. He must be full. Hmm. So the revered seat was given to Sukadev. But that uh, Atmaram, that self satisfied Sukadev, who was identified with the self, the Atma, in its likeness to Brahman, hmm? that can, through a certain culture, bring about a, a merger of the Atma with Brahman, that we call Sayuja. It's a type of mukti, a type of liberation, hmm? absorption in, in Brahman. Hmm? It's an, the extended idea of absorption in the Atma, self, self-love, self but it's it's kind of, Brahman is God and different than the Jiva, let's say, in magnitude. Hmm? In quantity, but it's very, very similar in quality. Bhagavan Sri Krishna is different in quantity, different in quality too. Hmm? So this was Sukadeva's position, but the Bhagavat asks, given that he was so self-satisfied, why did he then undergo the arduous study of the Bhagavatam? What, why he was near Granta? Uh, one of the it means Granta means not. Hmm? So Neograntha means he had untied the knot of material existence, but grunt also means book. So Neogruntha means he was beyond books. He was he was beyond book learning. Hmm? Sometimes I would meet people when selling Prabhupada's books and they'd say, The truth's not in the book, man. I'd say, Yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Truth's not in the book. But you can know but first you gotta know the truth that isn't in the book. Then you can know the truth that's beyond the book. So you should take the book. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was pretty successful with that line, that response. So anyway, he is said to be, have been beyond books, but he studied a book, the Bhagavatam, the book of books, book beyond books. This is What is the book of the Bhagavatam? This is the book that Vyasa wrote after he wrote all the books. Hmm? After he wrote all the books and said, oh, I'm done, but I'm not done i am done writing but I'm but I'm not satisfied with what I've written. So Gurudev, Dave Muni came and said well here's what's wrong with what you've written. Hmm? Now go do this samadina smrttad you're very qualified go sit in lila smaranam of hmm? krishna lila hmm? you can do it and then come back. Hmm? And then the bhagavatam came the samadhi bhasha hmm? the, the the trance language Basha means language Language of Vyasa's trance, his samadhi. Hmm? This is Sri Bhagavatam. and he and he makes a prayer and it. Uh, what, uh, it is said, "Yat tad visarga Yasmin viplobo yasmind patisloka mabodhavatyapi namani anantasya yasho nkitani at shindvanti gayanti gunanti salvo." He says he apologizes. It's not very sophisticated. It is actually, he says, but. This is the language of my trance. There might be some errors in grammar, hmm? but please don't pay attention to that. Hmm? Try to get the feeling that I'm trying to give, convey to you, the feeling I've got from this meditation. I want to share it with you. Hmm? It transcends mm-hmm. language, thought, I'm trying to couch it in such a way that you can... I'm trying to speak... I'm trying to translate the language of love into the language of reason. I'm using poetry to do it. Uh, It's beyond me, but I hope you'll take advantage of it. Hmm? You'll be blessed by it. This is his blessing verse, Ashirvad verse of the Bhagavatam. He gives a blessing. Drink this fruit, he says. What am I saying? You can't drink fruits, but I'm saying it. Drink this fruit. Hmm? <laughs> it's I give it to you hmm? through Sugadev, I've handed it to him. He's handed it to Sutta. It's on the ground now. You don't have to climb the branches, the many branches of knowledge that are confusing and sort through all that with your head. Hmm? Just pick it up. It's on the ground. It's ripe. Hmm? Pick it up in the sky. Squeeze it and drink it. Hmm? There's no pit in it. There's no. There's no rind to it. There's no uh, uh, skin. Hmm? It's, it's. It is. It, it is rasa. Hmm? Bhagwan is rasa. Raso vai It is rasa. Take it and ta- and taste rasa. Become a rasika, bubibhavuka, and 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 it, and it will. It, it, it's dangerous. It, it will cause you to pass out. Hmm? That's what happened to me. But when you get up, what shall you do? If you want to know, I tell you, drink it again hmm? and let this be your life. Hmm? Live such an intoxicated life. Hmm?
1: Hmm?
0: This is his, his message of the message of the Bhagavad Gita. And Sugadev became attracted to this message, although he was fully satisfied in the self. He had no material ambition. Sometimes we ask, how do we know? What we're talking about is the truth, like uh, Nimai asks that sometimes. Hmm? One of the ways in which we know, as far as we can know, um, is by seeing the example of others. You see that the example of Sukadeva is there. He didn't want anything. He had no need. Hmm? He had a need to give. Hmm? Once he had got drunk from the Bhagavatam, he had a need to give, to share it. That's another thing. He was not moving out of some perceived necessity he had no necessity he was full so these kinds of persons they stand like lighthouses towering you know on the shore hmm? and separating for us by their light the, the beach from the water hmm? Hmm. They, they they shine light on the beachhead that there's a life beyond the waves of material emotion and attachment and perceived necessities and so forth that we're chasing after hmm? How do we know this is true? This is true. You can know it yourself. Hmm? You don't. Need, you only need a sadhu to help sh- cast a light on it. That in this world, the more you pursue, hmm? uh, you ne you never, f- you never fill. You never get satisfied. It's just a constant appetizer. There's no, no, there's no amount of material acquisition that you can acquire and you'll be satisfied. We see it practically. And the wealthiest people, the most well-endowed, materially people, uh, ex- readily acknowledge it themselves. Hmm? There's no end to this acquisition. It means there's no satisfaction in it.
1: Hmm?
0: So to see through that, that is a wise person. Hmm? very wise person.
1: Hmm?
0: So Sukadeva saw through that and more. He's a type of jnani who became a, a, a pramika, a premi, Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) became a premi. Mm -hmm. We we learned about four types of jnanis in our discussions of these verses. And this is what's being discussed. Those who are interested in Brahman. Mm -hmm. The joy of the self and its full extension in the form of identification with Brahman. Mm -hmm. And those who are interested in Bhagwan. Mm -hmm. And the two methods of approaching these two uh features of the absolute bhagwan and in, and here bhagwan means bhagawan swayam bhagawan Sri krishna sham sundar hmm? this twelfth chapter is coming well right after the thirteenth chapter. The thirteenth chapter is a, is the is the theophany. Hmm? Krishna shows himself to be everything within inside of him. Hmm? this is this is a, a t- chapter that you have to pay close attention to people go wow that is amazing the theophany he showed everything inside of himself hmm? we have to study the bhagavad-gita through the eyes of arjun the experience of arjun he learned hmm, what was important and what was not we get distracted we see oh he showed everything he showed he's god and And so so that's the real goal, to see like that. Arjuna was given, and said, divine eyes to see that. Hmm? But he wasn't given a corresponding mind to like it. Hmm? He didn't like it. He didn't have any bhava, any feeling for that. And think about it it's difficult to have any feeling for that, for something that's everywhere. and It lacks specificity, which love requires. The more detail we know about a person, if they're nice, then the more we can love them and like them and so on and so forth. So he had no mind for that. He had no feeling for that. He saw it, but he didn't like it. This is an important point. And what he did like was, of course, Krishna in his forearm form, and Krishna in his two-armed form. Mostly Krishna is seen on, in Kurukshetra, in four-armed form. But Arjuna also saw him in two-armed form. Hmm. Such was the nature of his Sakirasa.
1: Hmm.
0: He's a Puri Sambandhi, a city friend of Krishna, not a country friend, hmm? like the cowherds. Hmm? But uh, pure Sakirasa. He saw him sometimes two-armed form. Hmm? And he very clearly points out at the end of that 13th chapter, this is the form he finds most attractive. So as we come into the 12th chapter, he wants to... He asks... Oh, did I say 13th? I'm sorry. Follows... Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. 12 follows 11, not 13.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not supposed to be counting, though. Uh, Maya means to count, to measure. So... <laughs> so what really counts here is that, <laughs> is that that Krishna, Arjuna, is attached to this beautiful two armed form of Krishna that he's seeing. Hmm? Hmm. This is, of course, part of Sarati, hmm? but it's getting closer to Swayam Bhagawan, and Gita points in that direction. This is the ultimate form of Krishna. Hmm? Swayam Bhagawan, hmm? Shri Krishna, standing next to Radha, and so forth, points in that direction its sequel, the Bhagavatam, makes it very clear. You cannot read Gita without reading the Bhagavatam. You can't understand Gita without reading it in conjunction with the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Probably just to say, Gita is the civilization of the intellect, pure intellect, spiritual intellect, and the Bhagavatam is the civilization of the soul itself and its possibilities by the, by the grace of bhakti. Hmm? So, he wants to know that i love this form of yours and i venerate i worship that and i uh, i'm always thinking of this form and even i see other forms like a universal form and i'm uh i don't like them by comparison hmm? and so those who worship you in this form hmm, uh, what is their position in relation to those other people Who worship you by a different method and are attracted to your abhyakta and uh, your unmanifested akshar, this form. These are adjectives describing Brahman. Again, they're negative, unmanifest. Hmm? Uh, And he'll go on, as as the verses go on, this is the first verse, uh, to uh, further describe that. Brahman, which is the object of attainment of some types of um, yogis, gyanis, transcendentalists, who look, who appear, in appearance, look a lot more spiritual than Arjuna. Arjuna's a warrior. Uh, He's not a yogi. Um, He's got a buddy named Krishna, who he likes to pal around with. He's dharmic, and so forth. Um, But... Um he's not like those renunciates, mystics and so forth and so he has to he wants to ask which is better? Those guys or people like me, hmm? And the it would appear they're better. They're actually doing meditation um and 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 they're well, they're described in Bhagavatam, hmm? Um, muneo vatavasana they're dressed in the air they're naked Hmm? we'll get into that Um, hmm? so he wants to know what's better those who want to attain brahman, the jnanis and worship you for that with that in mind or the devotees Hmm? this is his question Krishna immediately answers well the devotees are better Hmm? Do, nitty upasute, he says. Those who are nitty upasute, Where, where does this, this is the second verse of this chapter, where did, does this ring a bell? Yes, it does. It takes back to the tenth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, 10.10. 10. He's a, one of the four essential verses of the Gita, which is where the Gita reaches its, its apex, its zenith, so to speak. And Krishna's speaking about Ragnuga Bhakti, hm, ultimately. Tesham Satati Yuktanam, priti pūvakam Dadami Budi Yogam Tam Yenamamba Bujantite. It's like what does he say? Also he says somewhere in the Pas united with me in love, hm? parta daivaṁ Mashita māśrita Sukhyuktu. Anyway, somewhere, it's in there. This section. hmm? Hmm? Similar wording. hmm? This is wording describing devotees who love him. hmm? Uh, And here it's being invoked. So this is what's being being talked about. Krishna says, these are the best. Yoga Vittama. Krishna Arjuna asks, who is yoga Vittama? Vit uttama. Vit means knowers. The ultimate Uttam, the supreme knowers of yoga. Krishna already weighed in on this. When? In the sixth chapter, at the end. Hmm? He said, Yoginam apisarvesham madgatin antaratmanam. Shadavan bhajate jomam same yukta tamo mataha. Yukta Uttama. Yukta means linked, like yoga. Yukta Uttama. Those who are yukta Uttama. Those are the same people that are yok the Yogovittamaha. Hmm? They are my devotees. So again, we're right at the be- we're at the end of the middle six chapters, and at the beginning of them we find he's kind of introducing a subject and now he's weighing in on it. He introduces the middle six chapters of the theology, the texts about him, about Bhagwan. Hmm? Which now gives the Atma the possibility for loving in a way that unto itself it could not. Hmm? Bhakti. Hmm? He introduces at the end of the sixth chapter. He's gone through the whole description of the Atma and different methods for realizing the Atma and the nature of the Atma and so forth. And then he says, "But better than a yogi, better than the tapasvi is the jnani, Better than the jnani is the yogi. And as far as yogis go, devotees are better. They're the best." They're even a category of their own. Hmm? We call it bhakti yoga, but actually it's in a class of its own. Hmm? They're the best. That's how we introduce the six middle six chapters. Now he's concluding the middle six chapters. So you, when you introduce a topic, hmm? this is how the scriptures work. They introduce a topic, hmm? um, speak about it. Throughout that topic, there will be a consistent theme that's emphasized. You study the Gita, you will find a consistent theme is emphasized. It's called Ananya Bhakti, Uttam Bhakti. It comes up here and here and here. There's other. St- there, it talks about it directly and indirectly. What it is, what it's not, for comparison. So we're supposed to sort all that out with good help, and see what is essential. What did Arjuna understand? What did he collect from there? What did he ultimately embrace? Hmm? Krishna's beginning to weigh in on this, as I say, at the beginning of the, at the end of the sixth chapter. He introduced it, so when you introduce a topic, then you repeat it throughout your discourse, and then you have a conclusion, you wrap it up. So this is what we said in the beginning, now we're bringing you back to that. So this is what he's doing here. And he's emphasizing with the similar words, Duttama, Hmm? yoga vittamaha. Hmm? What is the best yoga? What is the best type of yogi? What is the best type of approach? And correspondingly, what is the best object? Is it Brahman? That is the sadhya, the object of my uh, yoga that's better? Or is it Bhagavan? More com- complete manifestation. So he's, he clearly says it's Bhagavan. But then he says, but, you know, at the same time, there are those who pursue me as Brahman. Hmm? and um, they get there. Hmm? Uh, They can attain it. But uh, what he says? Um, He says, hmm. well he begins to describe, this is where we left off in our last discourse, he describes what their goal is like. What is the nature of Brahman? And as I said, it's very similar to the nature of Atma. All the words used are negative. Not this, not that. Hmm? Akshāram, anirdeshtam, avyaktam, achintyam, Hmm? and so on. Hmm? Hmm. Very hard to conceptualize. He describes this Brahman again. That doesn't make it less, it makes it more. It means consciousness that we are constituted of, a unit of consciousness Consciousness means knowledge, a unit of knowledge, hmm? a unit of knowing, uh, that that the self is a unit of knowledge and has the capacity to know. The example is given, the light is luminous unto itself, and it has the capacity to illuminate, to shed light. So, awareness and shedding light on other things is an aspect of, of the nature of the self, hmm? when we say it's knowledge, we don't we don't mean it's sattvic. Hmm? We mean it's um, it, it, it it has a capacity of of of, of self of self self knowing hmm? self luminosity something like this. When Krishna spoke about his devotees hmm, and their path being the best and so forth, he used the word shradhaya. Hmm? Parayopeta. Their path is based on Parashradha. Hmm? Parashradha means transcendent faith. There's faith in Rajas, Tamas, Rajas, and Sattva. Faith in Sattva is faith in the Atma. Hmm? Faith in me, he says in Bhagavatam, that is transcendental. Faith in the Atma is Sattvic. Faith in me is transcendental. So the jnanis have a path that has it's based on faith in the Atma, and its oneness met to the extent that it is with Brahman, and so they endeavor to fully identify the self with Brahman. When they're very similar, they're indescribable. So he he, he weighs in on the on the nature of Brahman with all these. Uh, words about it that m- say it's it's really not like anything. So, we can't really say much about it, but we're trying to talk about it. Then he speaks, Krishna, about the nature of those who pursue it. Hmm? He describes them as sense-controlled. The whole village, Indiagrama, the whole village of their senses, the world, means of our mind, that is fully controlled. Hmm? And Sarabhuta uh, they, Hiteirata, they do welfare for other people. They, they think of the welfare of other people because they identify others as non different from themselves. Hmm? They, 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 they're pursuing the Atma, and the Atmas, everyone has an Atma. We're not that much different from one another. Hmm? We're a unit of satcitananda, Anu, hmm? atomic unit of satcitananda we are different with We're each individual units, just like you could have so many baseballs. They're all different baseballs, but they're all made of the same same thing. If you want real variety, that you have to have of bhakti then. Then each baseball starts to be different. One is a strike, one is ball, one is a home run, you know and so forth, and there's a the game, and the whole thing, and then there's emotions and uh, and so forth, otherwise they're just sitting on a rack there, <laughs> pick one yeah. it doesn't make any difference to you get the bat and then the whole thing's changing so so <laughs> so he describes them he says that, well they, you know they 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 tend to do welfare for everybody they they see others suffering as if it was their own. So he speaks about the compassionate nature of the jnani who wants to attain Brahman. Hmm? But this, as I said the other night, is the measure, the extent of their love, compassionate love Hmm? for others until they merge entirely with Brahman and there's no other to be compassionate about. Compassion in this world is a big thing. That's the highest limits of love, hmm? but in Bhakti-rasa it's the lowest limit. Hmm? In Vaikuntha Narayan sometimes feels compassion. He sees everyone has sarupya, salokya, sarsti, samipya here, all these kinds of mukti. Uh, I would like to give that to somebody. I can't give it to these people. They all have it. How can I give it to somebody? So. The full person of love wants to experience the full limit of love, full expression of love. So how can he experience compassion in Vaikuntha? Hmm? There's no there's not even any Karunya rasa there. Hmm? So he manifests as Mahavishnu. This doesn't happen in time, but and there's a corresponding world and he can be compassionate. Hmm? The Deliverer. Hmm? This happens in Vaikuntha. It doesn't happen in Goloka. Hmm? What does Krishna say about coming to the world? We know through the pen of Krishna is Kavirash Goswami. He says, the world is all full of Vaidhi Bhakti. That's his idea of the world. It sounds like he's talking about Vaikuntha. The world's full of Vaidhi Bhakti and it doesn't do much for me. Hmm? It doesn't keep me up at night. Ragh-bhakti keeps me up at night. I can't sleep. I pretend to sleep only. And out the door I go and so forth. So I'm, I'm fully alive by this bhakti. I'm fully animated by this bhakti. Hmm? So he refers to the world. Well, there's vaiti-bhakti in the world, but, but it, it, it doesn't interest me. I want to go there and tell him about me. Hmm? What I'm about.
1: Hmm?
0: It's a little different. Hmm? It's not with the, the, the same idea of. It's a kind of a, a slightly different form of, you know, expression of compassion. Of course, he becomes the Mahabodhini Avatara when he does so, because he becomes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? and he's the Yuga Avatar who is a compassionate Mahabishnu, is full of compassion. As I said, he's the manifestation of Narayan, who through which Narayan experiences compassion. So, Mahaprabhu is the Yuga Avatar, but he's Krishna in the form of the Yuga Avatar. So he has to give prem. hmm? not salukya, sarsti, sarupya, and so forth. So these gyanis, they have this compassion, but they don't have bhakti rasa. They could get bhakti rasa, like Sugadev, like the Navayogendras, like the four Kumaras. They could get it by the ingress of bhakti into their life. Or they could get sayujamukti, which somewhat, by the grace of bhakti, as it's clearly stated here, all these verses, they are those who worship Bhagwan, he's more or less saying, and there are those who worship Brahman. In three verses, the word upasate is used, paripasate, upasate. So he's saying there's there there are these people who worship Brahman. They worship in a kind of a strange way because it doesn't look like worship, but they do it. Hmm? There's some bhakti in there. They take some prasad. They don't disregard bhakti. Hmm? There are two other kinds of jhanis who disregard bhakti. Who don't do any bhakti or disregard bhakti, they cannot attain brahman. They are the ones arya kritsena parama patam Tata, patanti adho. They go up to get to Mukta status, the penultimate state. Waiting for their prarabdha karma to finish, they disregard bhakti. They again go down. Hmm? Those who don't disregard bhakti have some bhakti in hmm? their life. They go to brahman. Those who like Sukadev. Who have ingress of bhakti and take note of it and think, hmm. This is this is extraordinary. They can develop prayam. Hmm. So he's describing here these jnanis, not the kind not the ones who develop which was the highlight of the Bhagavatam. These are the type of gyanis that are highlighted in the Bhagavatam. Sukadev, four Kumaras, the Naviogendras in the eleventh chapter. You see what the Bhagavatam is saying. It's talking about these kind of jnanis for the sake of, the purpose of underscoring prame. Hmm? It also speaks a little bit about these other type of gyanis, hmm? but it's an interesting way in which they are discussed. Hmm? We'll come to a comparison of that as we come to tonight's verse. In t- in today's in in, 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 in last night's uh, verse, there were two. There were two of them, as I said. He describes Brahman, their goal. He describes those who pursue it, their natures. And now he will describe the path itself. Hmm? What does he say about that path? He says, Klesho dhikara rasthesam avyakta sakta cetasam avyakta higatir dukham deha vapite. He says, Klesho <laughs> adikara." adhika tara tesam avyakta asakta avyakta igati dukam He says, this is their path, I'll describe it in a word, it's troublesome. Hmm? This is their goal, it's troublesome to describe, to talk about it, Brahman. Hmm? And, the, and this is what... These people are like, they have some good qualities, but um, their path is back to, it's also troublesome. The goal is troublesome, the path is troublesome. Because it's a fact. The sadhya corresponds with the sadhana. Sadhana is the way, the path, and sadhya is the goal. Your sadhana will determine your sadhya. Your practice will determine your perfection. Practice makes perfection. If your goal is troublesome to think about, hmm, talk about, Conceptualize and pursue, then your path is going to be difficult also. Hmm? This is what he says. It's full of troubles. Klesho tikadrastesham chetasam. He says, Dehavadbir avapite. Dukam. That path is full of trouble, Klesho. It's full of suffering for those who are embodied. Those who are embodied, who are pursuing this, getting out of the bodily conception of life and pursuing the self, the Atma and its, its oneness with Brahman, their path is very, very troublesome because the, the, the bot embodiment means senses. That's what it means. Hmm? Mind and senses. Mind is the sixth or the eleventh sense. We've got senses by which we acquire knowledge, and then based on that acquisition of knowledge, we have senses that we, perf- we, we execute Hmm? based on knowledge, certain activities all of you to, to to please the mind really hmm?
1: Hmm.
0: which is never satisfied huh. so anyway the point is that we live our lives by identification with the senses and sense objects now we have a path for spiritual life that has is non conceptual it's indeterminate it has no qualities my, my ideal what i'm supposed to think about what i'm supposed to hear about the knowledge that i get that i'm accused of getting through my senses it doesn't work i can't hear about brahman it's ineffable hmm? i can't the words that talk about it it's not this it's not that you know oh, that doesn't you know, i can't see hmm? I can't. It, it has no quality. It has no form. It has no. It's unmanifest. How, how's it gonna? So you can see, it's troublesome, in this sense. It's very difficult. How will you do? It's very abstract, very counterintuitive. It very much goes against the grain of how we've been living our life. How we've been conducting knowledge and acting accordingly. Hmm? for our for our happiness. We say you've got to stop all that and you gotta do nothing and uh and I mean it's difficult to even talk about. Hmm? So he says this is very troublesome. And we find for example, I I quote that verse in the Bhagavatam, Munaya Bhattavasana. Uh-huh. And this comes in Bhagavatam in the eleventh canto. So Krishna's Kavira cites it in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita when he describes Brahm, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, bhagavani, eti There are three features of the absolute Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagawan. Hmm? The Brahman feature is approached by naked sadhus, hmm? dressed in air, hmm? uh, and, and they—they're uh, trying to elevate themselves. They—they—they they, they take the creative force. Hmm? in the body through yoga and austerities and so forth, they cut themselves off from the world and sense objects. That's very difficult. Hmm? And and people, and and they expose themselves to, to all types of... Their path involves exposing their bodies and minds to, to difficulties. If it's cold out, they go, jai. <laughs> and then they take off their clothes. Well, they don't have any clothes. <laughs> that they that they go out in the cold. You know, um and, 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 and then if it's hot out, they light a fire. This is their practice. <laughs> and so they expose themselves voluntarily, willingly, to extremes of heat and cold and bodily distress in a, in an effort to overcome identification with these dualities arising from the mind and the senses. This is their path, he says. This is a very difficult path. It's full of suffering. That's all it is. Lying on a bed of nails, standing on one leg, hmm? going around naked and so forth, uh, in, in a cold. I mean, this is very, this is a very troublesome, difficult path. Yeah? When the Bhagavatam cites this verse, you know what it cites this verse? Uddhava says a beautiful thing. He says, this is our path, he said. Hmm? Our path is to decorate ourselves with the oils the scented oils that have been smeared on your body to wear the jewelry that you've been dressed with and passed on down that you're no longer interested in hmm? to adorn ourselves with your worn out vestments hmm? to eat the remnants of your your royal uh, luncheon and so forth This is our path. (laughs) You see the contrast. (laughs) This is our path, and and we're confident in this, Hmm? alone. This is our renunciation. Hmm? And then this verse, Munayana Vasana comes by contrast. And there's these other guys, (laughs) and this is what they're doing. Hmm? Hmm? Now, it doesn't take a lot to figure out that one is (laughs) user-friendly and the other is, is not. Hmm? it's it's pleasant to decorate your body with scented oils and uh, people do it anyway, right? And wear fine clothes and taste fine foods and so forth. But this is a yoga hmm? because first they've been an offer to Bhagavan. When he's done with them, we take them and this is how we, we dress ourselves. This is the idea. This is how we decorate ourselves. Uh, it is uh, Krishnendriya Priti, hmm? love of Krishna's senses. So it pleases his senses, we, we, we do that to offer him. And uh, when he says, enough of that, take something else, then whatever's left, we take that we live on that. Hmm? Such a nice idea. Hmm? So Krishna describes this difficult path of these yogis, how troublesome it is, how painful it is. And then he says that, but, O Partha, in contrast, while their path is difficult, arduous, and and... Um, means it's hard, it takes a long time, it's difficult to be successful in that. But, he says, by contrast, I very personally, very swiftly deliver hmm, the other type of persons you're asking about who are like you. Hmm, those devotees whose consciousness is absorbed in me, who renounce all actions in service to me, who regard me as supreme, Worship me and meditate on me in undistracted yoga. Lift, uh, I deliver them by lifting them from the ocean of birth and death. This brings us to the end of this particular introductory section, except for the next five verses are a summary of them. Hmm. In, uh, or in the next one verse, I guess, is a summary of, of them. Uh, but this is a very nice uh, concluding two verses, where he contrasts now the path hmm, of the devotees to the path of, of the jnanis is an easy path. Why is it easy? He said, Vishwana says they have no method. What is their method? They have no method." Hmm? Sometimes people just say that with the process of bhakti, Vishwanath said, "There is no. Me- they have no method. They just." He means like this: they just hold their hands. I give up. Hmm? You do it for me, hmm? Krishna. You deliver me. I'm not going to deliver myself. When Bhagavad Gita speaks in the first six chapters about atma, Udared atman atmanam, atmanam avasadayat, atmano bandur, atnaiva ripor these kind of verses, Udared atman atmanam. Udared means, it's virile, it's a virile term. It's manly, it's, it's, it's like conquering, going to rise up on the strength of my atma. I'm an atma. I'm not this body that's and things that are here today and gone. I have strength. I'm going to rise up. these naked yogis control this creative power, the sexual urge hm that, that manifests in the form of in in a male as the concentrated blood and the semen and they try to by by yoga they try to like control that completely and turn it and fertilize their brain so they can get brain power hmm? For thinking, I'm not this body. To, that's what they like. You've seen them at Kumbh Mela, you know. They got tridents and things like that. They're mean. They got cell phones too now. Yeah. Yeah. That's how hard the path is. A lot of them can't can't quite cut it. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. So. It's a difficult path, for to be sure. Uh, so, it, my point here is, in contrast, bhakti, to use Prabhupada's language, is descending, not ascending. We make effort, as I often say, our effort is to get grace, to attract Krishna. Hmm? He'll deliver us. Hmm? It's not a self-deliverance idea. It's not about the self. Hmm? It's not about the atma. It's about Bhagavan. And, what happens is when the Self becomes centered on the Supreme Self, the Paraman or Bhagwan, hmm, the Self's prospect for love increases exponentially, unlimitedly. Hmm. It's an object of love, but now in touch with the Supreme Object of Love. This we call Ananya Bhakti, and this word, this is used here. He says, you know what, Ananyena, yo, Ananyenaiva Yogena, Mam, Jayanta. Upasate. Hmm? He says he says Yasusarbani Karmani, mahi matpara, they give up every other activity. They give up every other pro- method. Hm and and uh, they, it means that they give up they throw away the varnashram activities, it's what it literally means. Hm Yastu Sarbani Karmani. They give up everything in the path of karma. They just forget that, all those duties and responsibilities and all the possibilities that you could attain there. They forget about that, they just throw that out. And to take it further, they, they, every other method. Hmm? They are only and Matpara, uh, they 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 give that up sannyas, and Matpara. They are preoccupied with me Anunyena. Anunya means anunya. No other. Hmm? Exclusive. This is uttam bhakti. This is sarvadharma pratyajap. mame ekam, Mam ekam. Only me. These kind of people. He's talking about. Hmm? This. This means he's talking about Gaudiya <laughs> These kind of people. Only Krishna. Only Krishna. Hmm? They're so absorbed in Krishna that they know that Krishna is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. They know him well enough to know. If you know Krishna well enough, you know there has to be a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? There has to be, as I have many times, there has to be that leela also. Hmm? These kinds of people, he said, these, these are who I say is the yoga vittama. These people I care about because they care about me. They don't care about their self. It looks like the jnani doesn't care about himself. He's walking naked. He doesn't want anything. But he's completely concerned about himself. The devotee, by contrast, has no concern for himself whatsoever. Hmm? What to speak of anything, any acquisition, he has no concern for his atma and its deliverance from the world. He's unconcerned about that. Mama janmani bhakti to He only wants to love Krishna. That's all. If it pleases Krishna for to stay in the world, that's not a concern for him. Hmm? He's... Not trying to avoid distress, he's not trying to get happiness. He's trying to serve, and sometimes there's happiness, he takes it. Sometimes there's distress, well, he takes it. Hmm? Therefore, for him, there's no problem. Happiness and distress aren't an issue. That's why the eligibility for bhakti, Rupa Goswami explains, you cannot be too attached or too detached. If you're the jnani is adverse to material enjoyment sense enjoyment. He's ad, he's militant against it, therefore he goes out and puts himself in an opposite condition. It would be pleasurable to sit around the fire on this hot night. I'm going to go sit in the snow instead. He's extremely adverse to sense enjoyment. And then you have the karmi on the other end who's completely adverse to renunciation. The devotee falls in the middle, Upagoswami says. Because in the context of loving Krishna, sometimes you've got to taste a nice gulapjaman. Hmm? And you've got to say, I like that. Hmm? That's good. I'll have another one. <laughs> hmm? Hmm? And, and we shouldn't think, well, it's enough, don't you think? No. Because they're not glupjumans. They're mercy. Hmm? I've told a story before. Sri Dharamarsh was in the beginning. He told he joined the mission and he was given a task of distributing prasadam at a festival. They were handing out halava. So people were coming. One guy came to give him halava. He, he saw the guy come around again. Second time, he said, all right, second time, and give it. He came again, third time. Then he hesitated to give, and this uh, senior devotee said, "Why are you hesitating to give?" He said, "Well, this is his third time." He said, "Are you distributing halva or Prasadam?"
1: <laughs>
0: he liked that so third place. Yes, <laughs> hmm. for mercy. Then we all we can, all we can get, something like that. So, and so it may be enjoyable to the senses, as you come to the temple and, and, and I offer you prasad, and say, I'm, "I'm sorry, I'm fasting," and as offense. Prashad hmm? mm-hmm. so and similarly sometimes we have to experience uh, sensual uh, uh, suffering or difficulty or mental tr- tr- uh, strain in the context of service we got to deal with one another that's always mentally challenging <laughs> 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 but for Krishna service it doesn't you know doesn't matter it's not any difference than Eating a gulab I'm you know, just a servant. Today it was hard work. Yesterday it was either. I'm a worker. That's all. Hmm? I'm a worker bee. I've mm-hmm. uh, given an example. One of our employees, worker bees at, at Mount Avon, Miguel. You know, he. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He was digging trenches one day, and I said, you know, t- today, tomorrow, I'll give you something. He said, it doesn't matter. It's work. It's just work. I work. That's what I do. By the grace of God i've got work my life is successful It doesn't matter it's hard one day or easy another day my business is to please you you are the hefe here you're in charge and whatever pleases you that's what's in, what i do hmm? if it pleases you for me to do hard work i do hard work if it pleases you for me to do and i can do easy work hmm? that's what he told me <laughs> therefore we say in varnashram from a vaishnava perspective the sudra is the best Varna. Because hmm? the Sudra, he or she knows how to. You just have to put Krishna in front and then serve. Hmm? So, anyway, he said, Krishna says, this is the easy way. This is an Anyabhakti. Hmm? Ananya bhakti means, in the full measure of the term, means bhakti. This is an bhakti. This is where there is absolutely no concern for the self whatsoever. When Krishna told Nard, I've got a headache. Nar said, "How can I solve the problem?" He said, "Get the dust of the feet from my de- dust of the feet from my devotees." Nard said, "Right. I'll go and look for that." Huh. He's testing me. I wasn't about to put the dust of my f- feet on his head. But anyway, I'll go ask some other devotees and see if they're foolish enough to make that mistake. And then he'll probably tell me to correct them and so forth. So he went everywhere. No one would give the dust. And then he then he came back said, "You know, your devotees are cool. None of them fell for it." Hmm? <laughs> He said, none of them? He said, no, nobody will do that. You, know, you knew that, right? He said, what about those uh, gopis in Vrindavan? He said, gopis in Vrindavan? They mean those milk ladies? Said, yeah, they're devotees too. He said, yeah, yeah they're devotees. Uh, well, did you ask them? Well, you know, no, I went to all the big devotees, you know, all the important ones. So we go ask, go ask them. So he went and asked them. Krishna has a headache. He said, what can we do? He said, well, he wants the dust from your feet. He said, take it. <laughs> and Darn said, well, they are they are the stupid, you know, geez, they don't get it. Um, okay, Krishna wanted me to find them out and correct them. Okay. And he said, don't you know, well, so he started to instruct him. Do you know, you know, what the result of this will be? If you put your feet on God's head, you know, your feet is where you walk and that they're dirty and, in those days they didn't have shoes, well, to the same extent, especially coward people. So they said, "Yeah, we know what'll happen." He said, "Okay, what'll happen? We'll go to hell." He said, oh, "They do know. Well, why are you going to do it? Because if it will please Christian, do his headache, do his headache. We don't care. It Doesn't matter to ourself. We have no self concern. If it, Nard got it, he's like, oh, <laughs> these people are the very extraordinary devotees." This is a hidden secret, a hidden gem. What is an Omnia Bhakti? Hmm? So charming. It looks like they're selfish. Hmm? They've, they've risked their reputation and the, that of their parents in their village to join him in the middle of the night and so forth. Hmm? But it's the highest love camouflaging itself. Hmm? This is the precious uh, jewel of prem Bhakti. This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. This is what Krishna is speaking about here in this section of Bhagavad Gita. Any question? Yes.
1: Wouldn't one think that what would attract Krishna would have to be the most attractive?
0: Wouldn't one think that what would attract Krishna would be the most attractive? Yes. Not sure what you mean by that, but if something attracts krishna then what attracts krishna is prema
1: and that yeah, prema resides where in radha and all of his devotees right
0: yeah there's a part of radha in everybody in every yeah, devotee. That's the devotee yeah every devotee yeah so
1: whatever attracts krishna has to be the most attractive
0: right because krishna is attracted to prema therefore our goal is prema not krishna our goal is praying.
1: So during the Brahma Mohan Leela, mm. the calves, I mean the, the older cows and the, the cowherd men were attracted to an expansion of Krishna.
0: Yeah.
1: Why wouldn't they be, have been more attractive to Krishna's devotees?
0: Well, um, all devotees are attracted to Krishna. And um, they have their own prame, which enables them to be united with Krishna. That that corresponds with Krishna. Hmm? They have, at the same time, they have love for other devotees, hmm? but they their love for other devotees augments their love, their prame for Krishna. So Krishna is the object of love, of preem. The devotee is not the object of preem. Hmm? Krishna is the object of preem. So they focus their love on Krishna, they have preem, then they have love for other preemikas also. Hmm? And that preem augments their love for Krishna. So they have a sthayi bhava for Krishna, and then they have these auxiliary bhavas, sanchari bhava for the devotees, which augments it if you say well you know prema is more attractive so everybody be attracted to the devotees and and not 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 krishna hmm? then i guess the, the the error in that is krishna is the vishaya alambana the devotees are the ashraya alambana now there is a unique situation in bhakti that does arise in gaudiya vaishnavism wherein the Embodiment of prem in hmm, a particular devotee does take precedent over Krishna, hmm? and Rupa Goswami gives a special name to that. What does he call it? Babulasrati, hmm? Babulas, rati. a babu that is ulas, very exalted, Babulasrati. And the primary expression of this is a situation in which there are gopis hmm, who love Krishna and they have friends who they love a little less than Krishna or equally to Krishna. Hmm? In that situation their love for those friends is a Sanchari Bhav or an auxiliary Bhav that augments their love for Krishna. But there are some friends who love, gopis who love Krishna, who have a friend that they love slightly more than Krishna. That's very extraordinary. Hmm? And so, typically, that friend is Radha, who has that measure of Prem hmm? that they become more attracted to Radha, more love for Radha than Krishna. This is a very, you know, Godiva is already turned Religious world upside down. This is turning the Gaudiya Vaishnava world upside down. <laughs> uh, very extraordinary condition. And in that condition, what happens is that their love for Krishna starts to augment their love for Radha. This is the reverse out. Hmm? Um, and so, arguably, Radha, who's the personification of Prem, Premamai, um, um mahabhava swarupini hmm? she becomes along with krishna the object of love hmm? and so there there is the worship of radha and krishna so this is a unique situation it may apply in other situations also to some extent uh in a lesser sense in a more general sense when for example one does guru bhakti in such a way that the that Krishna Bhakti becomes the Anga and Guru Bhakti becomes the Angi. Angi means body, Anga means limb. So usually, well, Guru Bhakti is an Anga of Krishna Bhakti. You can't do Krishna Bhakti without doing Guru Bhakti. The first Anga of the body of Krishna Bhakti, uh, first limb or Anga of the body, the Angi of Krishna Bhakti is Guru Padashraya, taking shelter of the Guru. Hmm? Then, Shikshadikshadi. Hearing from the guru, taking diksha from the, and then serving uh, serving the guru affectionately, these are all given a bhakti rasamrita. Singh. This is how he begins describing the angas of bhakti. So you can't do Krishna bhakti without guru bhakti.
1: Hmm?
0: In that way, guru bhakti is a limb of the body of Krishna bhakti. But some devotees reverse it out, and make guru bhakti the body and Krishna bhakti the, the limb of the body. And so they're first and foremost in a, in a position only, they only take care of the guru's needs. Hmm? This is their focus, something like that. Hmm? And they may even neglect angas of Krishna bhakti. Hmm? They're only lost for them. And and Jiva Goswami says in bhakti Sandarbha, and this is very special, and Krishna likes that even more. Hmm? So there are instances uh, of that that might be another example of a, 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 of the idea of Bhavulasrati. But the full expression of it really is this idea of this um, Manjari Bhava, hmm? to become the handmaiden of Radha. So, did that help? What else? Yes. So you were talking with Jivan Mukta. Uh, Is that what Prabhupada talks about when he talks about these yogis who fall down in normal hospitals and all that? Yeah. They come to the penultimate state. This is the the state before, last step before entering into Brahman. We call it something like Videha Mukti, attaining Mukti after giving up the body. They reach a state wherein the only thing that is holding them back... From entering into Brahman is their parabdha karma, the karma that's already manifest and playing itself out. And so they don't have any thing at their disposal to do away with the parabdha karma, because jnana is not sufficient to do away with. And they don't have enough bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti can do away with the parabdha karma, but they're not, they have a little bhakti. Mostly they're jnanis. Hmm? So jnana can destroy avidya which is the source of karma and and thereby suffering Hmm? and all the karma that's not manifest but the manifest karma it's like you already got a cold now it's too late you you gotta play it out something like that so when the cold uh, of their parabdha exhausts itself karma has a life right Hmm? it's a reaction in this sense and I'm speaking about it to actions previously performed so when the reaction plays itself out that's called death and the jivan mukta becomes a videha mukta. Hmm? But in the case in which such persons are offensive to bhakti, the Bhagavatam says very clearly, they fall down. Those are the kind, that, that, is, that is what it means to fall from Brahman. In that stage they can fall from Brahman. Hmm? They haven't quite fully attained it. So what happens? How do they fall? Well, they, Krishna gives them karma. He gives karma. And you know what he do? He might do? He might take bad karma from devotees that hasn't manifest yet and give it to them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he does that. Hmm. Therefore, when Krishna preserves the body of Abhava Bhakta to keep him in this world so that he can cultivate prem, how can he stay in this world without karma? So he takes the good karma from others and gives it to devotees. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> see how he takes care of us we haven't got to worry hmm? just worry about him hmm? worry about him to the extent that you start to feel he actually needs help hmm? that is Braj Bhakti. he needs my help how can he hold that hill by himself hmm? Mm-hmm. Hmm? he needs my help if I don't cook for him, how will he eat he won't have a balanced diet, he'll just eat cream and butter all the time <laughs> hmm? So you have to be <laughs> this is what you have to worry about you worry about Krishna to the point that you actually start to believe that he needs help that is an illusion that that is very um deep and and satisfying hmm? that is the full idea of dharma sanksiddhi haritoshtham he takes great pleasure in this and you know what happens he actually thinks he needs help Mm-hmm. The more you think he needs help, the more he's going to start, well, devotees are pretty wise, maybe I do need help. I'm under their control, something like that. So. <laughs> Bhakti is so nice, Gauri such a nice theology. Hmm? It's, it's a madness, for sure. Yes? You often talk about how sharanagati is the stage on which Bhava Bhakti is performed.
1: And so, this idea of thinking of Krishna as being, you
0: know, that he needs our help, it seems like Sharanagati is all about complete dependence on Krishna. He's my maintainer, he's my provider, he's my protector. We're not really in this stage of Sharanagati, doesn't seem, I mean, it seems like you almost have to go through that stage first to be able to get to the stage of being able to think of Krishna as being the one that needs my help. Yeah yeah but you can also use it as a sadhana, so to, <clears throat> to speak yeah yeah i should mention something else in relation to dulal's question and as we talk about Raghavakti, in a sense um the what Raghavakti is about is about following a devotee's preme hmm? it's being more attracted to a devotee's preme than krishna but it's, that's that's it's a matter of words because a devotee's preme is krishna hmm? So, if I want Gopi Bhav or I want Sakya, Sakirasa, then I become I follow the devotee who has that. There's an ideal person, like a Subhal or Lalita or Rupa Manjari and so forth, in the Leela, and at a certain point i become attracted to those Leelas, and I'm following that. That's what I want. I'm following that. I'm attracted to that prey, and I'm pursuing it. But of course, Krishna is not different than that praying. he corresponds with that frame. that's what you can't have prem without an object. You can't have love without an object of love. So that's where he is. And so that's how he's found this idea of... You know, so in that sense, the preem is the most attractive thing to Krishna. It's the most attractive thing to the devotee. Mm-hmm. See, this is this is what it's about. That's why you can't fall from Goloka vrindavan No jiva could possibly fall from there. Do you understand? It's impossible. Why? Because... In the Gita, Krishna says, once going there, one never returns. So if you've gone there for the first time, you've got to it's in, you know, you can take it to the bank. Krishna says, you'll never return to the material world. But how do you go to Goloka? Hmm? You've got to become attached to somebody who's there. Hmm? That guy can't leave. Hmm? Because it's not that once you get there, you become a follower of that that person, that bhava. Hmm? And your guru's in that group, and you follow that. Hmm? So if, if if you can't fall having gone there, they they can't fall. The ones that are going to get you there, they they, they got to be there because you got to follow them. That's what it's all about. Anyway, that's another, another word. Hmm? I mean, Subal is in Brindavan. Yeah, that's not falling down. That's going up. <laughs> right. I mean, you... To go from Golok to go, Golo, it, to go cool, that's going up. Hmm? Can you somehow enter in through that, I mean... Obviously Boma Vrindavan is Goloka Vrindavan but still is That's how you enter through, yeah. Yeah. See, devotees want to go to the to Golok, to the Gokul in Golok, hmm? <coughs> To the unmanifest Lila. That's what they the Sadakas they want to go there. The Siddhas, on the other hand, they want to go to Boma Vrindavan. Hmm? So Sadakas want to go to boma Vrindavan, Vrindavan, earthly Vrindavan Lila, to go to the unmanifest lila. But those in the unmanifest Leela, they want to, you know, they want to travel mm-hmm. <laughs> with Krishna. So they want because. But the reason is because it's more full, mm-hmm. it's more complete. But the sadhaka, upon attaining it, it develops the, the fullness of his or her prema, and then goes. That's when the lila ends. All, all the sadhaka's were called. It was their turn. That's what really ends the Leela. Then the Krishna uh, becomes unmanifest. Then they go there. Hmm. Then they want to come back. Hmm. Anyway, it's a very high theological topic. Yeah. Oh, the right. You went to Goloka and from there, you went back to Kokoda. Yeah. Yeah. Because he went to Goloka and Dwarka. Mm. Then he came and to Golok, to go to Gokul. Cool. The two or one are one and different. Yeah. So, all right, well, it's nice to sit with all of you. Yes, Mahara, you want to uh, ask one more? I
1: was just wondering, you mentioned that, you know, you brought up the point that Krishna sends someone here to save us, cause, you know, his compassion. But then when we start talking too much about him, he tells us, this is what I've heard you say, that... Okay, I want you
0: telling all my secrets, so I'm going to take
1: you back. Mm-hmm, yeah, so. Well, I was just wondering, like, because we're
0: always talking about it, like yeah. you're always talking about it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one of these days you're going to take us, take me back. Hmm. Just a way of saying it, I suppose, yeah. You know, if you keep talking about Krishna, he, that's the point. You see, the last verse we discussed here tonight, what Krishna's really saying is, these devotees easily attain their goal because what happens is they do their sadhana and I take note of them. I become attracted to them. and At a certain point, I cannot live without them. Therefore, I go and grab them by the sika or whatever and pull them back to me. Hmm? I cannot live without them. That's what the whole Boma is about. He can't live without those sadhakas. They've they've shown themselves to be exclusively devoted to him. They won't take anything else. They won't accept anything else, any other. So he has to be there for them. That's his promise in the Gita. So he has to come to the world and bring them back Hmm? to him, bring them to him. So... Their path is easy in that sense. The Krishna is forced to deliver them, so that's the same idea. Yeah, he has to be with them. He can't. He he he. They 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 won't take anything else. So, so. he could, he he even offers other things through other agents and tests them and so forth. Oh, mm-hmm. so it's an easy path. Mm-hmm. Krishna delivers us. We don't have to deliver ourselves. It's not very virile, like the. It's very, very feminine, very it's very zen we go backward to go forward something like that the more negative we become the more humble rather than pushing and and positive and so forth I've given an example and I'll conclude with this before that if you have a tiny magnetic flake that's positively charged and a big positive magnet and that flake will be pushed away hmm so we're like a tiny magnetic flake, we're positively charged, we're trying to trying to, be the pusher, the sustainer, and it's just repelling us from Bhagavan. If we could convert ourselves to a, a, a negative charge, that little flake would just be like that, drawn in. So that's our task, to situate ourselves in such a way, the serving ego with a with humility, hmm? um, not this self-reliant kind of sensibility. Dependent, the, the central limb of uh, the sriputrakshana of Sharanagati is gopritvayvanam tat. Dependent, the mood of it's a mood of dependence. I'm dependent. I'm dependent. Krishna will for Krishna to maintain me. Hmm? I'm incompetent. Hmm? I'm un- I'm incapable. I lack. Still, I try my best, but hmm, something like that. Bhagavan shri Krishna ki jai. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai. bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai. jai. ki jai. ki jai.